Hello and welcome to Plato's Cave, a triple R film criticism show and podcast. I'm your host, Paul Anthony Nelson, and joining me in a slightly expanded cave tonight are Flick Ford. Hello. Emma Westwood. Hello, Paul. And Cerise Howard. Hello. <laughs> the trademark. I love it. Hello. Now, hello. Hello. <laughs> it's a sign for oh, rated in people. Yep. <laughs> now, that excitement you hear in my voice is because the moment has arrived. Tonight is the night we. In the cave, announce our collective top films of 2019. Uh, we'll uh, be starting the night by giving a shout out to some of our festival favourites from throughout the year. Then we'll highlight the films that received just one vote from uh, each of the team, and then we'll unveil our top ten, which is actually a baker's dozen <laughs> films of the year. Spoilers. I know, early spoiler. Um, now um, you're so excited, Paul. I am, I am stupidly excited. Now, I'm very anxious. I will say too, this is not our final show of the year. We have one more left because there's only one one way we could get a bigger show than our top ten of 2019, and that is the Plato's Cave top ten of the 2010s. Next week, no, we'll be counting up our no, top no. ten of the decade. It's too much. It's too much. My head will explode. <laughs> so many, so much casting back. That was in the 2010s, really. Yep. Time goes incredibly quickly. Um, I, Needless to say, I'm super pumped. We've got a ton to get through, so I'm going to jump right in without further faffing. Now, Em, you didn't get to any fests this year, so... No, it didn't. <laughs> I was away for the whole of MIF and I was doing other things for other fests. So over to you guys. So you've got a sick note from your parents. You're, uh, you're excused. Um, but the rest of us voted for our favourite films that screened at Australian festivals during 2019 that are still awaiting a general release. Um, it's funny because we collectively voted 13 films got a mention. Only two got uh, multiple votes. And both of those films, three out of four of us mentioned. Those films are a film that a lot of the team got to talk about on the show, but I didn't, which was In Fabric. Oh, I missed that. You missed it? Mm, you that's why I was the, I'm the fourth I person. I missed that. <laughs> mm. uh, and, yeah. Peter Strickland's fantastic uh, horror comedy is it going to get sort a release? Anthology? I don't know. Do you know, Sir? Uh, I've I've heard rumours that it still may. It's still up in the air. That's oh, what I to. understand. I know. I would love to get a release and uh, to enjoy that on the big screen. It is uh, a wonderful eccentric film. Um, certainly, there have not been many films about killer garments uh, before. <laughs> um, uh, least of all ones that are sort of equal parts, sort of kitchen sinker. Uh, and just total surrealist, um, nonsensical, um, goth, horror, weirdo extravaganza. Love it to bits. Peter Strickland is a wonderful filmmaker. And I have an article on that film in Senses of Cinema if you go back an issue or two. Check that out because, yeah, this is essential. My pull quote for this film, I, I got to see it at, at the Astor uh, uh, during MIF. My pull quote is, for me, it's the Doctor Strange love of consumerism. Oh, I think it's amazing. You sold it to me, Paul. Love this film. Um, And, yeah, just exquisite style. The other film that got three votes from our four uh, people polled is 
Uh, a friend of, uh, as actually a film made by a friend of the show, Isabel Papard and Josie Hess's documentary Morgana, about uh, uh, about fifty uh, something self-made uh, porn star, Mor- uh, Austra- Australian porn star uh, Morgana Muses Cody, which is a fabulous little doco. It is. Are we, again, the only two in the room to have seen that, Paul? I think Flick, we are. You didn't catch that Well, I have to confess, I was in New Zealand for most of MIF, so that's my, my kind of, not we quite a at... sick note, but like a dog ate my homework. You and, you and me, Flick, <laughs> we were out of the And that was one I wanted to see. Yeah, that was yeah, actually absolutely. on my list as well. Yeah. I think it's just so hard to fit. You really have to take the whole two weeks off. That's the that's my two and a half. advice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, but look, what a great film. Um, what a character. Yeah. Um, uh, and I believe she's living in Melbourne town once more, but a lot of that film concerns her time overseas, finding a way out of a small town, Australia, and having some grand pornographic adventures with uh, a very particular sensibility unique to her, I should say. I'm no expert in the field. Uh, <laughs> I... I, um, this shocks me, sorry. Yeah, well, I know, right? But look, um, highly recommended. Hopefully it'll get a theatrical season before long. Uh, has anyone here heard any whispers about that? I have not, but I'd love it too because I think, yeah, I, I mean, it, it seems like the kind of thing either if it doesn't get some sort of theatrical release, it should surely turn up on an SBS or an ABC or something like that. Um, great story of one person's empowerment and finding her voice in I, I, as I'm kind of nearing, you know, a half century, or in a few years, let's not get excited. <laughs> but you know, I'm sort of in that midlife period. I, I am, very, I am enamoured of stories of, of second acts, you know, and people, and, you know, sort of. It's finding called their... stories of hope. <laughs> <laughs> and this, and Morgana is a great story of someone's uh, second act in life and finding herself in Berlin and the world of porn. It's a beautiful film. Um, now, a few others we'll quickly mention. Uh, Cerise, uh, a French film called Sauvage. Oh, wild, yes. I think they've got uh, screenings here at Queer Film and at the French Film Festival. Um, I saw it elsewhere. It's a fantastic. Um, uh, actually, again, it's a, 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 it's a sex worker narrative, uh, very queer, uh, very gay male focus in particular, um, a street hustler uh, leading a pretty desperate life um, has a series of um, episodic adventures. And will he find love? Is love possible for the likes of him? A wild one that he is. And it's um, just a wonderfully, wonderful film. Extraordinary performances, uh, very game performances. Um I, I hope this film will actually get some sort of a release. I actually saw it in Czech Republic where it was actually about to embark on a regional tour with their, there was a queer distribution label there that um, was launching with that film. It's that good. If, if you were wanting to launch such a label here, anybody listening, um, <laughs> that's a killer film to begin it with. Um, yeah. I believe it was a favourite of um, Plato's Cave alumnus Stuart Richards as well. Yes, I mm-hmm. yes. In fact, he worded me up on that. He caught caught it in the Czech Republic last year, and before it went on release, he saw it at their queer film festival. Yes, hot tip, Sauvage Wild. And speaking of uh, queer themed films that screened at queer and the French film festival, um, another film that was mentioned by Sally was Knife and Heart. 
uh, Jan Gonzalez's uh, um, Jan Dimash is it? Is it the right? Or, 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 I've now Jan Gonzalez. It's, it is Jan Gonzalez, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought that didn't sound very French, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jan Gonzalez's Jalo flecked um, cruising influenced kind of thriller, which we reviewed on the show earlier this year, and again porn. Yes, much of it set on porn sets. Yeah, not very titillating. Mm. No, often actually very funny. Yes. Um, yeah, what a great film, though. Incredible soundtrack from M83 as well. Very much in the spirit of uh, Tenebrae-era Goblin. Loved mm. it to bits. A bit mm. Very Giorgio Moroder. What a fun film. Yeah, I'm dying to see this. It's It's been on my list for a while. Um, also mentioned by, uh, by Cerise Beanpole. Beanpole, oh, yeah. That's just had a, another little Guernsey at the Russian Resurrection Film Festival here. But um, it was at MIF. Uh, Young director, uh, previous film was also very good. Its name escapes me just at the moment. But this is a bit of a a harrowing um, film about a young woman trying to make her way in life. Um, I'm trying to remember a bit more about it because I know I nominated it. It harrowed me to my core. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to remember. Uh, Was she mute? I think she may have been. Um, The horrors of the world all around her. a, a sort of a, a nightmaring, nightmarish parenting scenario. I, I forget the particulars, just the effect it had on me. It, it just the, the lasting emotional trauma. Well, yeah. yeah, something um, like that, much as his first film was, which um, I should look up. I remember his first name is Kansamir. Yeah, it's um, Kansamir Balagov. Bal- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think St. Petersburg, just after the Russian Revolution, if I remember it all correctly. Um, uh, yeah, look, if you love Eastern European miserabilism, and I do love me some of that, <laughs> this is a primo cut of it. I'm adding it to my list. Cerise's, yeah. Cerise's jam. Yeah. yeah, that's so so one of my jams. I think that in, in casting our minds back, it's interesting, Paul, because I, I know that you posted it across uh, our socials, or Lisa posted across, across mm-hmm. our socials, your um, letterboxed uh, list of what we covered this year, which was 150 films. Well, these films are on top of that, basically. Yeah. So mm. we watched even more than that. So if, if Cerise's memory is a little hazy, but for um, <laughs> the emotional trauma that she's felt, we, you can understand, really. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Now, now, a film I was surprised to see turn up on your festival recommendations list, uh, 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 Flick, uh, the amazing Jonathan documentary. Yeah, did you see it? I did not. No. I didn't, I, did anyone see it? No. Anyone else? No. No, but I just realised that it was World War Two that the film I was just talking about was set after. Glad that I couldn't jumped. remember the exact period. It was a miserable time, a hard scrabble time. World War Two Leningrad, I've got here. Yeah, or well, St Petersburg, same thing. Yeah. I at least had that detail right. Anyway, please yeah, don't carry well, on. Well, this is in perhaps direct contrast with, with that. This is a relatively so. The Amazing Jonathan documentary is directed by Benjamin Berman. Um, it's kind of one of those films that didn't wasn't on my radar. I, I decided to select my myth films by just going along to what my friends were going to watch. So this was um, something my friend picked. It's basically it, – well, it has it's seemingly uh, a documentary on the magician uh, Jonathan, the amazing Jonathan, who's a comic but also does a lot of stage magic. He does a lot of sort of like gore on stage as he, well. He regularly – he'd been most known to Australian listeners. He regularly appeared on Hey Hey itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shoving pencils up his yeah. nose yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not up Daryl's nose? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> For real. But um, I think 
what really this is such an un, this is such an unassuming doco. So it seems like it's going to be about that, but then very soon into the process, it turns out there's another film crew making a documentary, oh. and uh, the Benjamin Berman is informed that um, this is a more successful documentary crew, so they can make the second film. But they have to release it after this film, and then it, as it goes on, there's another film crew involved. <laughs> so there's kind of it's actually more about filmmaking and documentary making in particular, right. and it's really it's just it's hilarious but it's also kind of fascinating so the reason why there's all this focus on the amazing Jonathan is that in 2014 he told a live audience that he had a year to live so part of it is this expectation that uh, this is a man at the end of his life and he's dealing with uh, terminal illness but it's kind of brought into question a little bit because it's 2018 2019 that the film was made and He's still alive. <laughs> so Beat me of, <laughs> Yeah. It just is a really, I don't know, it just really stuck with me. It's a kooky one and I don't think it's like the best film, but it was a standout for me. Awesome. The amazing mm. documentary, it sounds like. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Documentaries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well worth checking out anyhow. Um, some, other, uh, some other festival titles that caught our fancy. Um, and you can uh, – these are ones we reviewed on the show. You can go back and check these out. Um, I loved Iron Fists and Kung Fu Kicks, the documentary about the emergence of the Kung, of Kung Fu cinema during the 70s and 80s. Um, surprise, surprise, you like that. I know, right? <laughs> so not my jam at all. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, uh, Cerise loved the um, the uh, was it corn Cornwall set? Um, oh, bait. Uh, yes, uh, social realist yeah. film bait. Well, imagine yes, yeah, social realist is as if um, made by Guy Madden. That <laughs> was beautiful that's kind black of the vibe. And white sixteen millimeter. Yeah, deteriorated mm. artificially. Um, but yeah, fabulous film. Um, Sally mentioned. Uh, oh, actually, Sally mentioned uh, the Beach Bum. The Harmony Korine film. Oh, yeah. Anyone that was here on my seen list. that? No, I haven't I seen it. See that. No, no, I didn't get to see that. That looks like a lot of fun though, with uh, Matthew McConaughey and Snoop Dogg, um, as well as Chris Morris's The Day Shall Come, which is a super interesting film. Did not make my list, but definitely worth seeing. Um, it's about the phenomenon of profiling of the basically the FBI putting um, sort of creating fringe groups out of you know disgruntled Muslims and then. And then going after them and claiming the collar, wow. <laughs> even though they basically put them up to it in the first place. And it's a comedy, a Chris Morris style comedy. Oh, about he did Four that. Lions. Right? Yes. Oh, I love that film. Um, oh yeah, I did love Four Lions. Not yep. quite up to Four Lions level, but it's yeah, mm. it's super interesting. Check it out. Um, as well as uh, Flick, you recommended One Child Nation. Mm. Yeah, highly recommend that one. That one's excellent. And uh, Cerise, you recommended Agnieszka Holland's Mr. Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a, a, another good bit of Eastern Euro miserabilism right there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sensing a theme from your choices, Cerise. Oh, look, it's not that similar to In Fabric or Bait. I mean, come on. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and finally, I, at Monsterfest, I caught a terrific documentary called Blood and Flesh, The Real Life and Ghastly Death of Al Adamson mm, about the exploitation jealous. filmmaker Al Adamson, which is... I love documentaries that are completely comprehensive and and get into the whole like celebrate the career and then and it's almost like you've kind of got not like a not quite Hollywood style documentary about someone's career for the first hour and then the last forty minutes is a true crime documentary which wow. is equally as good mm-hmm. as the documentary that came before it. Fascinating film um, if you see it, uh, if you uh, come across it. So those are our festival favourites of the year. 
This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up the Triple R website to find out how. Here we go. Our four intrepid co-hosts here in the studio, as well as our absent friend, Sally Christie, who is living La Vida Loca in Los Angeles and Colombia at the moment, all cast their votes for their top 10 films of 2019. The only rule that bound them is that the films had to have had a general public release uh, in Australia during 2019. So general public releases, cinemas, streaming, VOD, DVD, Blu-ray, or galleries. Um, Galleries is a bit of a clue for something that mm. might turn up in the in the countdown. Um, obviously, there are a few new films coming out now over the next month that we haven't seen yet, such as the new Star Wars or Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit or Hirokazu Creators The Truth. I've seen that. You have seen that? Yeah, it's not in my top ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good, but it ain't top ten material. I agree. <laughs> You've seen yeah. it too? Yeah. yeah. Um, they so went they, to the Q and A last did. week. They yeah. did. So there, there's a few, you know, there's a few other films like you know, the, the, the Sorry to Bother You just missed my top ten, you know, mm. little things like that. Um, but so, although there are a couple we have seen, and they may or may not feature in the chat to come. So, without further ado, after all the votes have been cast from our five hosts, thirty-four films got a vote. We don't agree with each other. Uh, Yeah, there's there's a lot. (laughs) Could have told you that. There's a lot of discrepancy. Um, Oh, sorry, 32 32 films, I should say. Um, Of those 32, nine films got two. um, Nine films got two votes. Two films got three votes. Two films got four out of five. Once again, not a single (laughs) film has swept the case. Wow. If we, we, our record remains intact. Um, so hmm. I'll mention the films that each of us stood alone in nominating with the opportunity for us to shine a spotlight on one or two of them that we didn't get to discuss on the show during the year. So first, I will go to Cerise. Now, you picked the, uh, the films that you picked that did not make our list. The excellent Three Faces, which came mm-hmm. very close to my list. Um, Birds of Passage. No one else voted for you, I, Philistines. I didn't get a I'm chance to see you. it. It is look. It was on my. So it was it. on my interim list. It didn't quite make the top ten. I'm outraged. <laughs> <laughs> if Bill Street could talk, oh, I seriously, that one. Who put that in there? Seriously, yeah. I mean, who did it? Did you? I mean, all of you. I have Are seen you it. monsters? I, have, you? I, I actually forgot it. about that. I have seen it. I saw it at the start of the year, though. Yeah. So You've got ago. to start writing from the start of the oh, year. This is why you need letterbox flick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of Bill Street, so uh, I was that monster. <laughs> and the fourth film you you mentioned that did you voted for that didn't make the list was Woman at War, which oh, one yeah. you did not get to discuss on the show. No, well, I didn't um, see it when. It, in release either. I saw it thousands of feet up in the sky and um, thought, wow, this is a hoot. Uh, I haven't seen a film quite like this before. Um, Icelandic environmental dramedy with a, a Greek chorus in the in the sense that there are more sort of, I suppose, Icelandic folk musicians who just m- appeared uh, in whatever the setting was at intervals just accompanying the action. Um, sometimes integrated into the narrative in a sense, but mostly not. It's a very, oh, wow. <laughs> very peculiar and extremely charming film with um, some good messages there. Basically, uh, if you care enough about the planet, do something about it. 
I could, yeah, distill it to that. But I'd still recommend seeing the film. <laughs> As well. As well. As trying to save the planet. Yeah. Um, that, so, yeah, so that so they were the films you gave one vote to that did not make the list. Sally gave one vote to three films that we did review on the show and she did review, which were Acute Misfortune. Oh, that was that was like number 11 on yeah. mine. Wow. That was, yep, pretty much the same for me too. I love that wow. film. 11 have, with Birds of Passage. It could have done yeah, so many 11s. Uh, Hail Satan. Of course. <laughs> Natch. Very on brand for Sal. And Under the Silver Lake, which actually oh, wasn't a yeah. million miles away from my list. I didn't I, get to see that. Uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know if it was in top ten territory. I enjoyed your show on it. Oh, yeah. That was, it was fun to chat, yeah, chatting about it. And I didn't I see any of those three. So it does bear mentioning that we have not all seen the exact Every same exactly. slate of films not. from yeah. which to arrive at a, a, a truly just means of assessing their worth. Um, but this always happens. Yeah, I was listening to last year's show and there was the top two films of the year. You hadn't seen one of them and Sally hadn't seen exactly. one. Exactly. So, you know, it was... Exactly. Now, uh, Flick, you, I'm about to... Uh, so, uh, actually... Throw me under the bus? Um, <laughs> no, I, I won't throw you under the bus. You mentioned... It's funny. Speaking of last year's finale, a film you mentioned then... You mentioned in this year's, because yeah. you've got a general release this year, was Transit. Yeah, I got to... So, <laughs> I checked the rules. <laughs> I'm sure I, I can include it. <laughs> How many years in a row is Flick going to nominate Transit for her favourite of the year? Um, as well as um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which comes out Boxing yeah, Day. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Can't haven't wait. haven't seen oh. it. Mm. I have seen so, it. It's very, very good. Yeah. Mm. Great trailer. Yeah. I like the trailer. I, um, it got me out of bed. I'd barely had any sleep and I got up for like a 9.30 a.m. screening and it was worth it, 100% worth it. It's one of, yeah, well, it is one of the best films I've seen this year because I put it on my list. <laughs> <laughs> and you were also very cheeky. This is throwing you the bus because <laughs> uh, somebody voted for equal 10th place and put two films in her 10th place. <gasps> Uh, in my defence, okay, I had a cold the other week and was on a lot of cold and flu tablets, and it's been very difficult. <laughs> and I just couldn't decide. And I'm not even sure. I'm not even. I'm still still, un- still uncertain. Yeah. And, that, and those two films are Marriage Story and The Two Popes, which weirdly are both Netflix films. Yeah, uh, which is quite unusual for me. But I. Uh, I'd just seen Marriage Story, so I think it's still processing. Has anyone else seen that? Yeah. I, I'm, no, I noticed. I can't wait. Classic yeah. cinemas had a release. Yeah, of yeah. It, both. I think, I think a little little yeah. window, maybe mm. still on now. I'm not sure. Well, What's actually, it? I was so excited to see Marriage Story that I'd left aside a space in my top ten for it. And during when I was just about to start watching it, they had a trailer for Two Popes, and so I got reminded about how much I liked that film as well. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I can't decide. <laughs> They're both so good. Um, yeah. Do you want is, me to? Is Marriage yeah. Story Noah Baumbach? Yes. yes. It is. yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, so amazing mm-hmm. cast. It's it's got described as a love story told through the lens of divorce, which I think is just such a beautiful way to capture it. It's pretty. It's pretty simple film, but the acting is so strong and the script is so strong. And apparently, they worked um, both Driver and Johansson worked with um, Baumbach to to create that. 
Um, it's also features Laura Dern, Ray Liotta, who's just amazing in it, and Alan Alda. So there's this amazing and, cast. Julie Haggerty in it as well? Yes, yes, yeah. she is. So Crazy we, need, we need more Julie Haggerty. That's, That's true. Yeah. Yep. And I've always been a, a fan of Baumbach. I can't pronounce yep. his name. I've always but. written it and never said it until <laughs> right now. But, um, yeah, Greenberg, Squid in the Whale, Francis Ha. It's kind of – it's very much like his kind of film, but I think it does something – it goes a step further. It's really mm. quite nuanced and, and quite a painful film to watch actually. Um, very beautiful performances though, yeah. American miserabilism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving Bob, – Bombard can do no wrong for me at the moment. Yeah. He's in such yeah. great form. Now um, – how many number 11s do you have, um, uh, Emma? <laughs> I have you've, a lot. you've named two so far because there's, there's another here that I reckon is almost certainly. So you voted for The Guilty, which is a great film from I earlier did. in the year, yes, the Danish yes, film. Yes. You also voted for... Oh, I just remember The Guilty. Yeah. I, I didn't like it that much. Didn't you? I actually dislike it quite oh, a lot. Oh, really? Did you? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really quite an inspirational film. It makes you want to make a film. Yeah, it's a great one location, one character scenario. It says you can do this with a good story and some good performers. You can do this. Um, You also voted for a film that we talked about at length (laughs) on the show, John Wick 3, Parabellum. (laughs) We called that episode the John Wick Hour. I did. I decided decided to bring that in there because, to be totally honest, I think Cerise in her arguments against it saying, well, I saw this, 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 made me go, this is fantastic. Fantastic! This film is amazing. It's all it about has the, all of this in there. The lineage yeah, of film yeah. that had the influence. And uh, I think it came together in something that was particularly original, really exciting. Um, I decided to really vote on visceral experience as well, as in something that stood stayed with me. And I, um, to, when I saw that film, I was really quite tired. I didn't really want to go, and it it. it it gave me an incredible lift and I had probably some of the best fun I've had in the cinema this year by seeing that film. Now, the two I did want you to spotlight because they're two that we didn't talk about at length on the show <laughs> were um, Bo Burnham's Eighth Grade yes, and uh, the documentary Apollo 11. Yes, yeah, oh. yeah. So Which almost made the eighth, gr- yeah. eighth grade was right at the start of the year. I think it was the 3rd of January release. And I didn't get to see it at that time. It was on my, my list, but um, I ended up catching it up, uh, catching it on streaming service. And I have actually seen Bo Burnham f- perform and because uh, he is a stand-up comedian. And I, I was incredibly impressed with this. I mean, the awkward teen drama is not comet slash comedy drama is not an unusual, uh, you know, an unusual genre in cinema. But this, I think, was really refreshing in its. It was just so authentic, so honest, and um, and didn't go to Mean Girls. It didn't go over the top, even in in the way that this ch- this girl was sort of maligned. It was just showed how it could be really. Uh, it can happen at a low boil and be very insidious. It even had some very telling scenes around her um, being pushed to say yes in a sexual situation or and you could, uh, you know, it really presented that argument of how um, someone could say yes when they really mean no and in a really, really compelling way. You could see where she was stuck and even when um, often these films have a moment where the, the character gets to have their comeuppance in some way, when she did it, it wasn't with the confidence of a uh, 
Chloe Grace Moretz or something like that. She she had her, you know, she had her diatribe, her monologue at the the girls who'd given her trouble all year, but she couldn't hold their eye. And that was the way that I felt was really the way it would happen. Yeah. I, that film is actually on top ten of a lot of my friends because I was discussing. It's <laughs> this, amazing. This it's amazing. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. appeared a lot. I, I, just, I, hadn't, I haven't seen it. I want to check it out. It sounds mm. more my sort of thing than some others. Cough, book smart, cough. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, now, uh, the, Apollo 11. Apollo 11, yeah. Yeah, I loved that. that so was, you saw it too, Flip. Yeah, and actually I'm st- I'm regretting not putting it on my top ten in some ways. I think it was amazing. Like, yeah. I was really moved by it. It's an incredible feat as well, that, yeah. you know, capturing that footage. I think that that, uh, that idea of, you know, documentaries, you're always, someone's always editorialising. Is that a Editorializing. word? Editorializing, that's the word. Um, something through documentary. That's the weird space that documentary space, ha, <laughs> that documentary <laughs> sits in. How about that? I didn't mean that. Uh, but uh, this is just because it doesn't have any narration, it's just using the actual. And I was trying to marry because the, the, the audio was not actually synced with the footage. So it's taking audio and trying to uh, sync it with the original footage. This is sort of like just a slice, a slice of space life that you get to see. But part of it that I found was really, really intriguing and that I loved the most was the, the shots of the crowds milling and gathering to watch this launch and realising that really uh, 50 years ago, well, it does sound a long time ago, mm. and it is a long time ago. I mean, this looks like a hundred years ago in some ways, mm. and you get to see how life has changed and how looking at something that we were meant to be propelled into the future, yet it's something so much of the past now. It's interesting as well because so often this story of space exploration has been told through <clears throat> this very um, – particular American lens which is is very much they put so much into the um the 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 grand the grandness of it and how amazing this was but so often that's lost for me whereas like the distance of the documentary actually made me appreciate the effort more yeah and it's it's so simple it's really it's very objective documentary in a lot of ways and I think that's what made me really think about the amazing amount of um uh, coherence and collaboration that it would have occurred and the management of this, like mm. massive teams of people that were able to achieve that. I, I was really moved by that documentary. Highly recommend Apollo 11. That's Flix 11. Flix <laughs> 11, yeah, totally her 11. I know that for a fact. Um, or is it 12, the equals? Oh, now, the ones I've, now, the ones I voted for that uh, didn't get a Guernsey, I am shattered by one of them and profoundly disappointed in the team. I am the only person who voted for Once Upon a Time in Really? I was wondering yeah. if you would be the only one. Mm. I, I thought I, – I, I knew Flick wouldn't have my back on this, but I thought Emma and Sal, come on. Um, and it was at 12, Paul. <laughs> Another one I'm genuinely shocked didn't end up in more lists, um, which was just a pure joy for me. It was Dollar Mine is My Name. I haven't seen it. I haven't, I seen, haven't it. seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I have. Yeah, not quite. No, not that top ten. It's, it's just a fine piece of work. Needed more sex. <laughs> Or needed some sex. It was Dolomite after all, for fuck's sake. Oh, and Rudy should... Ray Moore, come on. Talking of sex or lack of sex, I should actually give a little bit of a, a recommendation to Two Popes. That is actually no oh. sex involved but an excellent uh, Netflix yep. film. 
I know you mentioned yes. it before, but I didn't actually tell anyone what it was about. But it's a powerful. It's about the powerful <laughs> no, no conclave. Sex. So this has got nothing to do with sex. <laughs> no, um, it does oh, feature <laughs> Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins as Pope Francis mm-hmm. and Pope Benedict, and I. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's really, really excellent. The moment that Pope Francis <laughs> was, what do they do when they anoint, anoint popes? The black snow. Uh, yeah, smoke. that yep. thing. I went. Jonathan Price has to play him. Yeah. Finally, yeah. it's happened. Fantastic. Apparently, they, he would I love it when that happens. He would apparently get regularly mistaken. For him. So oh wow! Was, yeah. How annoying. Um, another film I voted for, which I, it was a bit of, a, I just adored it, um, was Everybody Knows the Asgard for Hardy. Oh yes, film. In, in comparison to the rest, the the body of his work, I voted it down. Yeah, see, I, I thought it was up there with the best of his stuff. Now the uh, the final one vote wonder for the evening, and the film that uses Tenebrae is a film that almost nobody has seen. Uh, I saw it at an event screening earlier in the year. There, are, there was like a week of them, or maybe a couple, um, a couple of screenings, and now it's on Netflix. Is uh, Piercing from director Nicholas Pesh, oh. and it stars. It's it's basically it's imagine. Okay, so it's a two hander starring Mia Wasikowska and uh, Christopher Abbott from um, he's. Uh, been in various things from um, what's the TV show uh, The Sinner uh, with okay. Jessica Biel and various other he's kind of everywhere um, it's based on a novel by it's based on a short story by Ryu uh, Ryu um, uh, who's the guy oh, Murakami thank you yeah. who wrote Audition Muraki. Um and so, so it's them in a story from the writer of Audition and it's like Wes Anderson directed a Jalo. So it's like it's incredibly precise. The exteriors are all very kind of weirdly artificial. Um, the entire score is Jarlow's greatest hits. Um, and it's, it's just this beautiful screwed-up relationship um, about it's, – it's essentially Christopher Abbott's character is a budding serial killer who calls a call girl played by Mia Wasikowski uh, to come meet him with the plans of killing her. But he has no idea what to expect because she is a whole other kettle of fish as well, and the two of them, it's like the world's weirdest effed up love story, and it's great. And it's 81 minutes long. That's That perfect. sounds like my perfect film yeah. in every way. It's on Netflix. See it. It's okay. so good. Triple R. Now, uh, as all of these have been reviewed on the show, I'm going to bang through most of them and probably just talk about the top two in 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 in, in Stark Relief. But um, so I was hoping for a nice, clean top ten, but the Collective <laughs> Cave has given me a baker's dozen. Um, a couple of the members of the cave won't say who, won't rank things, and so I was going to do this whole system <laughs> where they're weighted by the rankings, and it was all nah. So I'm just having to include them all. So. We've... I didn't know it was an option to just refuse. I know, I, right? I forcefully ranked mine. No, thank you, thank you. You don't, are the you're the good listen. student. Um, don't, don't listen to Paul. What are you doing? And, and, yeah, at least Cerise very helpfully gave me a bronze, uh, silver, and, and gold. So that's good. Um, I'm the good one. <laughs> So, with two votes, uh, uh, voted for by Emma and Sally were, drumroll please, Joker. Oh, me and Sally. Yep. And Mm. Mid-90s. 
Oh, yes. I, I'm not surprised Sally went for that as well. So in, it's strangely enough, because I did um, eighth grade, eighth grade and yeah. mid-90s kind of sit together and they're both A24, A24 releases yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. I like mid-90s too. I didn't see yeah. eighth grade, but yeah, it's strong. I didn't see – mid-90s was one of the two films in this chart I didn't see. So in the yes. top – 13. Jonah Hill, who'd have thunk it? Uh, yeah. Mm. And very impressive. Yeah, very. Um, the other film that got two votes, and this was uh, another film that got two votes, that uh, Cerise voted for with Sally, was uh, Midsommar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sorry, solid, just... solid. Solid, solid. Uh, yeah. Daytime folk horror. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I more of that. that. Madness. Mm. Maybe, in that, maybe 13 or 14 on my list. Yeah, yeah I'm probably there? the same as you, Flick. Yeah. Yeah. It was considerably... Further away on mine. <laughs> Be more sincere, Ari Astor. Um, uh, a film I did vote for along with Sally uh, is The House That Jack Built, Lars von Trier's serial killer no, opus. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> Didn't see it. Didn't see it either. Um, uh, Flick, you and I believe Sally voted for uh, the song uh, Le Fleurs played over the, the end credits of Us. Jordan Peele's Us, which yeah. uh, you and Sally voted for. Highly recommend the soundtrack. It's amazing. The soundtrack's a grower. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Um, Emma, you and I voted for The Irishman. Martin Only Scorsese's you and I. three and a half hour epic. Only you and I. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, well. No, I'm not even going to start in on that. You talked about it last week or the week before? The week before. The week before, yeah. I I was incredibly impressed. I'm just uh, the continuity of Scorsese's career and the fact that he was able to make a gangster film that was not in the mould of his other gangster films and still keep it up there. Yeah. It's it's a funeral Mm. for the gangster film. It's, yeah. Yeah. uh, It's a miracle. Um, another... I'll politely disagree. <laughs> Voted for by uh, Sally and Flick is The Nightingale. Oh, yeah, I love mm. this film. This was, this was hard because I put it as number five, but it could have easily been one. I don't know. My list is meaningless. Yeah, I love The Nightingale. List? Meaningless? What? <laughs> This whole exercise, pointless. Strong, strong disagree. <laughs> no, I, I really love The Nightingale. I, it's so hard. It's like picking a favourite child. I just think this is an amazing film. If you haven't seen it, please see it. I think it's a really fantastic reflection on Australia's very troubled past. And if anything, I know a lot of people complained about it being violent. I think it could have been more violent, personally. Australian miserableism. <laughs> Bring it on. I, I agree yeah. with that. Um, I did love it too. Mm. It's like... Uh, and a film voted for by Cerise and I was mm. a film I came to. I didn't get to review on the show, and it was a film that we spent about five seconds on and should have spent much longer, is Michael E's Peterloo. Oh, yeah. It's devastating. <gasps> oh, didn't yes. You, and you interviewed the director, didn't you? I did no such thing, but um, <laughs> sure, why not? Why did I think that? I don't know. Uh, oh, did you write about it, Cerise? No, I didn't no. do that either. Oh, sorry. It was believe, sabotaging. Actually, I can't believe I didn't put that even on my short list. I, I somehow that escaped me. An incredible evocation of a time, oh. um, I, just I, a I mounting agree. Uh, agree. chaos. Uh, take, took a long time to get there, but that climax was worth it. Oh, and some beautiful character study throughout that, up there with the best of Lee stuff, but just absolutely devastating. And dense. Mm. The dialogue was incredibly interesting and unlike anything, I think, this year. Mm. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's on my list, though. You should. It got Mm. buried. It wasn't released well. I think It was an Amazon Studios film, so it was really Mm. geared toward an Amazon Prime release. 
So mm, the, yeah. the cinema release was kind of token, unfortunately. Mm. It deserves so much better because it's the biggest scale thing Lee's ever made. Oh, yeah, and it's oh. extraordinary. Mm, yeah. I agree. Our last two-vote film is uh, voted for by Cerise and Flick is Happy as Lazaro. Oh, love or Lazaro. How amazing was it? Yeah, fabulous film. Um, sort of folk, magic, realist, mm. fable. It's um, really stuck with me as mm, well. I yeah, regularly reflect back on it, actually. It's uh, highly recommended. That was on my short list, but I didn't reflect back on it, so I took it off. Oh. Probably for the best. There you go. <laughs> now now cool. we're at the pointy end. Oh. Two films that got three out of five votes. The first is Lee Chang Dong's Burning. Mm. Yes. Which was, wasn't far away from my list either. Mm. It was probably about my 15th, 14th, 15th. Um, loved it. Yeah, at, um, greatest stealth serial killer film. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just do not see coming. Um, the other film, which um, is one of my very favourites of the year. So, oh, by the way, Burning was voted for by Emma, Cerise and Flick. Um, this next film, voted for by me, Cerise and Flick, is uh, Almodovar's Pain and Glory. Yeah. yeah. Which we covered just very recently. Two weeks ago just as well. Just fresh in cinemas, so folks, go see. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then... And it's a filmmaker's eight and a half that Paul loves so much. I know. Again, shocker. Mm-hmm. You know, films about filmmaking. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Pain and Glory. Uh, you know, the, the Dolomite house, is My Name. The House, the house that, that Jack, Jack built. built. Another eight and a half, yeah. It's your top ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, very, I'm nothing if not predictable. And it's got enough pain for Cerise and I. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I'm I'm sure I don't mind glory. Yeah. <laughs> now, the big two. So mm. I'm interested to see why Sally did not vote for The Clock. <gasps> Controversial. So all of That's us except Sal voted for The all Clock. All of us. And no two of us will have seen the same clock either. <laughs> and and our, uh, our panelist, Killer Carl Chapman, The Clock is also his favourite of the year. He saw all of it. All 24 hours. In various visits. Only one who's seen all of it. That's hardcore. I'm so jealous of you, Carl. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I think this is just, you know, an astounding... Oh Well, obviously it's, you know, not quite traditional cinema, but uh, the way it works on so many levels is incredible. It's like watching all the films. Yeah. I'll be honest. (laughs) I I only voted for feature films on my list and then saw the clock turn up in a couple of years. I'm like, oh, I can do that? Oh, (laughs) I'm voting for the clock. Oh, you can do that, (laughs) Because the clock is... And it's not even brand new, but still, yeah, we hadn't had it in a, a, in installed Melbourne here before. before yeah. So, yeah, yes, we're we're voting for Melbourne. I mean, I think it was 2010, wasn't it, when it came out? Yes, so I think so. Yeah, we can put it on the best of the decade, Paul. We could. <laughs> now, the other four vote film, and um, this one was voted by me, Sally, Emma, and Flick. Cerise, you've got some explaining to do. I Actually, ain't seen it. You ain't seen it. I ain't seen it. I think we all saw <laughs> this one coming. Yeah. Bong Joon Ho's masterpiece. Parasite. I saw it twice wow. in, I think, 24 hours or 12 hours. I was just like, I'm just going to go watch it right I totally yeah. I love it oh, so much. It's so brilliant. Mm. So Parasite and The Clock are Plato's Cave's favourite films of 2019. That's really interesting. Yeah, that is. Um, runners up, uh, Pain and Glory and Burning. And uh, double runners-up, Happy as Lazaro, Peter Lou, The Nightingale, The Irishman, Us, The House That Jack Built, Mid-90s, Midsummer, and Joker. So, 
That is, uh, you've been listening to Plato's Cave on Triple R with Emma Westwood, Cerise Howard, Flick Ford, and myself, Paul Anthony Nelson. Now, the reason I'm not going ahead and thanking all and sundry for their part in this year's show is because there's one show left. <laughs> Next week, join us right here for our final Plato's, Plato's Cave of 2019, where we unveil the cave's top 10 films of the 2010s. If you thought tonight's results were exciting and far-reaching and unexpected, tune in next week as we take a look back at the best of this weird, game-changing, for better or worse, and turbulent decade in cinema. You can... Uh, a huge thank you to Faith Everard for editing the Plato's Cave podcast, Killer Carl Chapman for panelling the show, Lisa Kovacevic for producing our show. You can listen back to the show within half an hour on Triple R on Demand or check out the songs we played on the Plato's Cave page at rrr.org.au right now. You can also subscribe to the Plato's Cave podcast via iTunes or wherever else you find your favourite podcast. Thanks for listening to Triple R's Plato's Cave, a weekly radio show of informed, passionate and fun film criticism. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Monday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast version and feel free to get in touch with us via the Plato's Cave Facebook page, Twitter or via the Triple R website. <laughs>